0: It was like medicine. I used these practices without even realizing because they had become habits for me. And that became a saving grace in so many ways, figuring out how to recover from something that was so transformative, literally.
1: Hey there, friends. Welcome to Happiness Squad. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you unlock your full potential by mastering the art and science of happiness. We bring on the best leading experts on these topics To help you unlock your true potential and live with more joy health love and meaning in your life your host is no other than the star combo of ashish Katari and anil ramjiani who are both on a mission to provide you with an unfair advantage to be the masters of your experience and leaders in your industry get ready to be moved challenged and enlightened on this podcast it may change your life thanks for being here and joining the squad
2: Hi, dear friends. It's great to have you join me for the special podcast episode of The Happiness Squad. It's a show dedicated to helping individuals and organizations unlock their fullest potential through integrating the science of flourishing into how they live, work, and lead others. In today's episode, our guest is Alicia Ray Parks, a certified yoga teacher and master facilitator who's partnering with us to bring the power of the Rewire Yoga program into the yoga community. In this episode, you will get a chance to learn more about our Rewire program, which is grounded in the science of flourishing and habit formation. You will also learn how Rewire can be a beautiful amplifier to your existing yoga practice and help you bring the benefits of yoga from on the mat to living in your life every day off the mat. Join me in welcoming Alicia to the Happiness Squad podcast. Hi, Alicia. It's so exciting to have you on our podcast. Welcome. Hey.
0: (laughs) Wow, I feel so honored. Oh
2: my God. No, it's so wonderful. You know, Alicia, we always start our podcasts. I think this is the 60th one, 60th episode now. And thank you. And we always start with this first question, which is what does happiness mean to you? And how has that definition changed from your earlier Mm -hmm. years?
0: It's funny listening to the podcast. You'd think I'd have a practiced answer. (laughs) But intuitively what comes to mind is it's been a journey. I think when I was younger, it was a quest. And I even remember when you first started setting up email passwords and online passwords. One of my very first passwords was be happy. And now it's like arrived into this space of knowing it's a state It's not necessarily a quest anymore, I have the choice. And it's a feeling that embodies more than just your physical sense of self. And I think it's also a reflection. So if I know that it's happiness is a state I wanna fulfill, I need to allow it to be reflected out of me and back to me.
2: Yeah, so important, right? There's so many people who confuse happiness as an emotion. And like emotions, you know, the reality is when we think about it that way, Emotions rise and fall. And the same way as sorrow, what might be present for us, goes away, so does happiness, right? After a while, happiness fades. But this notion of happiness as a state is something that says no matter what's happening around, I'm gonna meet it just with that state of joyfulness. So rather than chasing joy, I'm gonna be joyful, and from that more expanded state, navigate what comes.
0: I'm allowing that to reflect back. And as I'm hearing you say that, I'm also sort of thinking about how many times I've relied on happiness to be the responsibility of someone else, or I thought it was my job to make my partner in my previous relationships happy. And that was a losing battle. It's a great question to ask because it does allow you to really step into what is your truth. And I'm the happiest I've ever been.
2: Well, I can see that. I could absolutely see that. And I think <laughs> our listeners and viewers are going to feel that and see that, that energy that comes. So tell me, you know, on one hand, we talk about happiness and kind of you are where you are. But I also know a little bit about your life journey, Alicia, right? All the way from young Alessia to kind of even the most recent, some of the kind of things that life has thrown at you to where you are now, you know, passionately pursuing the path you know in fact you've joined us to pursue your passion around uh, this work we're doing with happiness and merging it into the yoga community share with us a little bit about your life journey and uh, what's gotten you here
0: yeah wow that's <laughs> it's been a wild ride a roller coaster a journey of playing with opposites from darkness to light it really truly it was my yoga practice that helped me to really start living a life with purpose and knowing who I am and what I want. And that really started for me when I was pregnant with my son, Tyler, who's now almost 21, which is powerful to think. There's this divine message to do prenatal yoga. And that's how my yoga journey started. And it's amazing how many (laughs) many times I, I just turned into a puddle on my mat and had to literally put myself back together again. And at some point in my journey, I realized that I had a lot of healing that I needed to do from being um, a young child and really work through some stuff that, you know, I really honestly just feel like I've gotten to the other side of in the last few years. I feel like I tell my 21-year-old son, my goodness, you're you're 20 years ahead of me. I just figured out some of the things that you're figuring out now, <laughs> And, uh, you know, the theme and the message throughout all of the lessons learned and all the experiences had through um, myself and through relationships with others has been about purpose and meaning and really trying to understand intentional living. And so for me, at the end of the day, it, it really is about purpose and being a part of something more. And now that you and I are working together, we can look back and be like, okay, there's this, these stepping stones that we're, we were walking that brought our journeys together but did not know it at the time, obviously. And that's so powerful. And it's such a gift to be here today and weave all of these parts of me and what's ahead together.
2: Well, thank you. No, I'm really joyful. And I'm really, really grateful that, you know, we met in the context, you know, you and I got involved when you you were helping us get this book launched. You know, you were working with Amber and her team at NGNG to get the book launched. And then in the middle of all of that, I think you went to Hawaii right? To really pursue your calling as a yoga teacher. To share a little bit about how that adventure went and how, you know, we got a chance to meet earlier this year again.
0: Yeah, because that story right there really is a reminder that things happen for a reason and to trust the process. And, you know, prior to me joining the awesome team and Amber's team at NGNG, I had a very strong background in marketing. I I grew up professionally with Aveda And I I loved how much I really learned through Aveda, which is a holistic, focused, a holistic approach to business and and lifestyle and what also allowed me to grow myself into a yoga teacher. And so I'll say that, you know, right around the time that uh, lockdown happened and the pandemic, I was on a journey of exiting into a new role out of one role into another role with the Aveda Corporation into education and teaching and all of that obviously came to a halt. And so during the pandemic, I was like, what do I do? I've worked since I was 14 and literally I just rolled out my mat, turned on Instagram live and started teaching yoga. And then I basically, you know, one thing led to another. And I started launching a yoga business with a, a friend of mine. I was slowly getting back into as things opened up teaching for Aveda. I got into building my own esthetician practice. And so, you know, you kind of had to say yes to a lot of things at that time because we didn't really know where we were going and where the world was shifting. And so I said yes to a lot of things. And one of the things I also said yes to was a good friend of mine, Haley had joined NGNG and she was so lit up about the work that, that they were doing and my marketing background. And I was like, okay, I'll say yes to that too. And so at the time I was like, wait, what am I actually doing? <laughs> where am I going? And my idea of moving to Hawaii was still there. And all of a sudden, you know, things started falling off my plate. And then what ended up happening is I took a leap of faith. I I moved to Maui and I took NGNG with me and sort of got to the other side and thought either I'm going to go this way with NGNG or I'm going to go this way with my yoga. And um, right before the The unfortunate fire disaster happened on Maui, which I was living in Lahaina at the time. Literally three weeks before that, I took the final leap of faith, which was to go all in on my yoga business and said farewell to NGNG. But what was so interesting is right around that time, our paths connected again, Ashish. And I was one of my final projects there was being able to help update your programs that were launching on your website. And you had no idea that, you know, that I was about to make this big decision. And so on the other side of all that, obviously, that's a whole nother story. But I will tell you and you didn't know this at the time. But, you know, I had your book and I I was theming to this book as a yoga teacher and I was practicing the practices on my own. And I used it was like medicine. I used these practices without even realizing because they had become habits for me. And that became a saving grace in so many ways, figuring out how to recover from something that was so transformative, literally, and come back to Colorado and get some roots. And so here we are. (laughs) Dancing this dance together now.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So let me share friends a little bit with you around, uh, you know, this program and uh, what Alicia got involved with us on. As now, Hopefully you've listened to several of our podcasts and you're familiar with the Hardwired for Happiness book and the practices. So there are these nine practices, right, that are in the book that are secular by nature. They're grounded in spirituality. Every wisdom tradition has them, but there is a strong science behind them. Every one of them has proven over the last 20, 25 years from the field of positive psychology and more recently from the fields of neurosciences that they actually truly help us Rewire our brains away from fear and towards joy, from scarcity to abundance, from disconnection and focus on self to love and focus on the other. So truly, they are transformative when practiced. The key is when practiced. You know, we are also living in times where we are drowning in knowledge, but we are parched for practice. We just don't have space. There is too much pulling on us There is too much to do. And our hardwiring for fear has never been more of a triggered state than ever before. You know, given what we are experiencing around an inflationary environment, ecological disasters, you know, global unrest, wars in Israel, war in Ukraine, unrest in Asia, so much happening just here within our own country in terms of what's going to be one of the most, again, acrimonious political battles right? Uh, literally has the potential to tear the country apart. So there's a lot going on. And in those moments, how do you feel safe? How do you feel, you know, focused on the future when you're so focused in the here and now? So I recognize that these would be some real challenges that, you know, our readers, those who we really want to support are going to be dealing with. And so, you know, what we ended up doing was we created this program called Rewire. And in one of my meditations, actually, this came to me and I said, you know what? We operate out of our habits 50 to 90 percent of the time. We do things just the way we've done them the day before and the day before and the day before, because that's our habit, right? So what if we actually use the science of habit formation to create a program, which we called Rewire, that helps people Do things five minutes a day because we make them simple, we make them small, and we make them grounded in what people do every day. It's all the key elements that are required for habit formation. Make things small, ground them in what you do every day, and celebrate. And do it, frankly, with others that can support you. That's what we created in Rewire. So the Rewire program has 30 micro practices. They're five minutes or less, many of them around what you already do at work. And it is something that you can do in your team or with other family members that you or communities that you're a part of. Because I really wanted to support individuals to go from knowing to doing, and then from doing to being. So that's what the Rewire program is. We've kind of mentioned it here and there on our podcast, but you can learn more about it if you go to our website. And that's what Alicia actually helped us from a website point of view launch and is now helping take that to the yoga community. So my question, Alicia, uh, that I wanted, you know, folks to listen from your own uh, words and voices, what really attracted you? You know, you're a highly certified, experienced yoga teacher. I mean, you've been doing this for over 20 years. What really attracted you and got you to say yes to joining us and bringing Rewire to the yoga community?
0: It's hard to put into just a few words. I mean, transformation is, I think, so interesting to describe because there's an energy and there's a livelihood to it an essence to it. And so I'm going to do my best here as I've been speaking about this program for a while and still wondering, scratching my head, wondering if I'm eloquently describing it because I just want people to experience and then they'll know. For me, it was an accidental, you know, try it on, see how it goes, having no intention to ever be a part of, you know, program development or facilitation. I just walked the path and and I walked the path through a very challenging time in my life. And so to go back into teaching and to go back into my practice and be utilizing a lot of these habits and suddenly come out the other side, I it was my students that were saying to me, first of all, you know, welcome back. We've missed you. We're so happy you're back. How are you so happy? Like, how are you so well? How, you just went through something so difficult. And it was it was that reflection that made me, you know, think. I know I'm still feeling some stuff. I'm not 100%, but if people are seeing and I don't feel like I'm faking it to make it, I'm showing up and it's hard to show up right now, but I'm I'm doing it because there's meaning and purpose. To have that come back and have my students say that this is what they were experiencing and seeing, I started to realize and then look back a little bit at the transformation of my teaching. And I had one student that came up and said, what is happening with your teaching right now? I've never experienced you like this. And I was like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> and he's like i'm loving it it's so different but like he was speaking about you know how important breath was in his practice for the first time ever and i I've, I've been teaching them to breathe in their practice for years but suddenly how i was teaching how i was showing up how i was experiencing my own practice it just had new meaning it had a new energy it had a new transformation that was happening so the opportunity to somehow get this out into the world and be a part of this journey is is truly a privilege and an honor and i believe in it and in order for me being a purpose driven person i have to believe in what it is that i'm representing or speaking about or talking to and so i believe in this so much and i really do hope that we'll be able to open up the minds of our yoga community here and see that this is a powerful way to integrate yoga off the mat And transform, you know, in so many ways, what's happening in these studios is amazing. Let's elevate it at a time when it might seem like it's going to be more challenging to do it. This is the time to do it. Yeah,
2: you know, I'm reflecting, Alicia, on our coffee conversation, right? This is almost now two, three months ago when we were chatting and, you know, we had this brainwave, right? We said, look, yoga... And for those, whether you are teachers or whether you are practitioners or whether you are dabblers, you know, there's many of us will do yoga two, three times, maybe a week or maybe just on the weekend. We're just weekend yoga weekend warriors. You know, We show up to a class on the weekend. It's OK. Anybody who dips their toe into yoga is fine in whatever shape or form that you do it. And we were discussing how yoga, you know, the science of yoga, you know, is a very ancient science. And it is thousands of years old. And it's really a holistic science, right? It has physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. In fact, how the physical practice is only two, if not three, out of the 180 plus yoga sutras. And yet, as we see yoga practice today in studios, you know, because of the space, because of what people are showing up for or have historically shown up for its predominantly physical practice. And what we are hungering so much in the world now, right, and we are struggling with is this high degree of stress, anxiety, loneliness, lack of meaning, lack of hope, you know, just, you know, the world appearing darker. I mean, there is such a need and such a power in kind of really bringing back those elements of the spiritual, emotional, you know, beyond just physical, well-being practices that we practice in studios. And that's when, you know, we were like, oh my God, wouldn't it be amazing? Because these nine practices, as I mentioned, show up in yoga all over the place. And so there's so many yoga teachers who would know them. They might not know the science, the Western science and the logic behind them. But what if we upskilled them to know that and to really be able to serve their clients in such a bigger, holistic way, you know, meeting the needs and meeting them where they are right now, where they're showing up in the studio, but also being able to take it
1: virtually. Hi, friends. We hope you're enjoying the tips discussed in this episode. If you're on the career treadmill, seeking the next promotion, experiencing stress and anxiety, or reached the top of your career and wondering if the sacrifices to get there were worth it, Ashish and I have been there, and we're ready to support you. The Happiness Squad Rewire program is designed to integrate the nine hardwired for happiness practices into your day within five minutes. Form proven habits to experience more success, resilience, satisfaction, and creativity. You won't be alone in your journey. Check out the Rewire link in the show notes. Make happiness your competitive edge to achieve your goals. Now back to the episode.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's such a beautiful way to still be an influence as a teacher in your students' lives without needing to be in the studio or if you're teaching online in front of a screen with them in that moment, but to hear and feel your teachings echo into the rest of their day where they really need it. And the practice is not ending in Shavasana. it's actually beginning when we're rolling up our mats and going back into that world that we just left behind. And I think that's the gap that we're often overlooking as yoga teachers. Is how can I still help elevate the lives of my students when they're not in my room or, you know, seeing me teach through a screen? And that's been very powerful for me as a teacher to be able to know that I can connect those dots for my students and give them more tools than just asana to experience the benefit of their yoga in so many other ways. You know,
2: this notion of the yoga practice, if you practice daily, it's an hour out of your 16 hours that are awake hours, let's assume you sleep for eight hours, right? So this notion, it's not just even a gap, but it's actually what you do in the last, in the 16 hours when you're not on the mat. So you talk a lot about that, Alicia. So talk to me about what does it mean for you to live your yoga off the mat and why this is so, so, so important?
0: Well, I'm looking at my students, as they're rolling up their mats and leaving the room and picking up their phones, and already they're being pulled out of that state of being that they just cultivated, and they're losing it in a matter of seconds because now life is interrupting that blissful state, if you will. And so that, for me, is how can you maintain that for longer periods of time and also recognize that you don't have to go Spend an hour on your mat to feel the benefits of holistic well being. That you can actually feel this when you're at home, washing the dishes, having a conversation with your children or your partner, spending some time breathing within yourself for a few moments, and really being able to take that bliss of being in a flow state and feel that when you're driving home and somebody cuts you off. And I always think. When, when we get into the studio together and I look around at, you know, the room of like 40 students in the room and I'm thinking, how were you all behaving before you got here? You know, do you think you were at your highest and best? Because when you made the choice to come to class, that's where your practice started. And then, you know, why do we reserve our best selves for when we get to that moment? Why aren't we at our best selves at all times?
2: Exactly. <laughs> so. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, so you and I sit down together and we designed this program, right? The classes, we, of course, have the videos and others that, uh, that go with it. So tell us about how does, in your mind, right, this Rewire Yoga program is really helping practitioners take their practice off the mat. So we talked about the importance of why off the mat matters, right? It matters a lot. How does Rewire help them? Take this off the mat.
0: Well, so I'm I'm thinking about who's who's on my mat, like who's in my studio, who's taking classes with me. These are all people who are professionals. They have careers. They have responsibilities. Their moms, their dads, their partners, their children. You know, we all have these roles that we play in these experiences that we're having, and sometimes we're just compartmentalizing, right? We're just I'm a yoga student only when I'm on my mat, and so I want to be able to help people see that actually that. It's a universal experience and it's not necessarily about that time that you're spending on the mat. So let's take, for example, right now, you know, we're focusing on self-awareness and being able to have people understand that they are not their emotions. They are not that thought that they're experiencing in the moment, but they are being able, they have the power to separate themselves and create space and create a gap to understand objectively and observe. The experience they're having but not become the experience i think that's really powerful for students to understand that that's what they're actually learning to do on the mat for the life off the mat not just on the mat it's not about being in chair pose and and not getting frustrated that you're in chair pose it's about oh what did i learn in that moment in chair pose that i can now use in this moment as i'm feeling myself become angry and realizing oh i feel angry i'm not anger
2: yeah And this notion, right, of, you know, what we've tried to do is really make things be simple, make them be simple, make them be integrated to things what you do outside, you know, in your day to day life. And our hope is, dear friends, that as you practice over 12 weeks, every week, building one rung of the ladder with repetition, you know, you build a set of habits that you don't have to consciously go there right? So this notion of awareness and recognizing that there is a bigger space between my thought, my feeling, and emotion, you become it. You live in that expansive space, at least a little bit more expansive than you were before, right? I mean, that journey of expansion is a lifelong journey. Even the most, uh, you know, people who've dedicated their whole life, I was listening to this audiobook by Pema Chotran earlier today, and she says, you know, I'm in my 80s and I still lose and get frustrated, or I have this habit of worrying, and I go, oh my God, Pema, you might not be alive next year. Don't you want to worry less, right? Like, can't you just (laughs) give up worrying right now? So, you know, there is always this journey of ever expansion, but I bet Pema now is more expansive, has bigger space to play than the Pema when Pema was 20 or 30, right? And that's the invitation, and that's what, you know, we hope that you all will experience, that every week, five minutes a day one rung at a time you end up building habits that truly allow you to not just experience that calm that peace, that love that openness that kindness that we feel on the mat in that class but you actually walk your life right you walk your life that way that's really what Alicia and I are excited and we're really bringing you know two very different, kind of, if you will, expertise and ways of being and energy into a program. And it's an experiment, like all things, you know, it's an experiment. Uh, And so, you know, we truly hope that all of you who are listening or watching this, you know, really get a chance to actually experience it, reach out to us, experience the program. We really, really feel, I think our yoga teachers and yoga students are really much further on the journey and really in a place that can help join this revolution to help humanity rewire away from fear. Because friends, unless we who are already on the path don't take next step and consciously work on mastering our inner worlds and through that starting to bring more people into the fold, we are never, we are never going to rise to the challenge of what the external world is calling us to do. We just won't be there. So that's kind of a little bit of my call to action for everyone. But Alicia, what would, as a yoga teacher, as somebody who has been a longtime member of the yoga community, has practiced yoga around the globe, what would be your invitation to yoga practitioners, students, teachers, what would be your invitation?
0: My invitation is for you to realize or understand that this program is a way for you to benefit twofold. As a teacher, as a student, I believe we are one in the same. You know, we teach to learn in so many areas of our life and experience is what allows us to draw from that wisdom. And so for teachers, I would say it's often said that yoga teachers are of great service to the world. And if you really believe in that, like I do, this is a way to elevate your teaching in a lighter way and to extend your reach into your community and help give your students a more well-rounded practice or experience on and off the mat through this journey. And I would say for students, this is an opportunity for your practice to finally start showing up for you. Let it do the heavy lifting for you. Really allow yourself to see that you have been building some habits but I think where we get stuck is that we think it's just when we're in that yoga studio or on the mat and realize that you can open that door or that pathway to let your practice start doing that work for you in all areas of your life and really find that whole complete holistic, you know, well-being approach to all things within your life and your relationships. And furthermore, I would say for students and teachers, take this as a gift for yourself, make it for you, fill up your cup. And you'll see things open up that you have no way of knowing you can't set expectations. You have to come in with the open mind, of course, and trust your process. But go in with this idea that you're going to open your mind and your heart for yourself first, and then that's going to allow you to be more whole and centered in our ability to be of service to others.
2: Beautiful. So just some quick fire questions, Alicia, as we wrap up (laughs) this podcast. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, obviously, here with, uh, with all of us. I'm really excited about what, you know, where this whole thing goes. I think it's going to be a really important pillar and platform to helping a billion people live with more joy, health, love, and meaning. And really a call out to the beautiful yoga community to come join in, in whatever shape or form you know, with us, come be a teacher, get certified in this, or even just experience it for yourself. And by changing yourself, you already start to change those who interact with you. Or maybe just help us spread the word. If what we are talking about resonates with you, and you might not have space in your life right now. We all have those moments, and we completely get it. So some quick fire questions for you, Alicia. Number one, what's your favorite yoga pose and why?
0: Well, my all-time favorite is dancers, uh, Natarajasana. I love, love, love just that feeling of balancing and opening up and being playful. But what I love about it more than anything is what it symbolizes, which is, you know, the balance between two opposing forces and this idea of creation and destruction. And destruction often comes across as a negative word. But until things are destroyed, we cannot create. And so more recently going through something that was very destructive in my life, I've seen so many good things be created from it. So I feel that more than ever now in my dancers pose. That's
2: so beautiful, right? And such a wonderful reminder. (laughs) There is nothing as good and bad. In fact, darkness and light. If there was no darkness, how would there be light, right? How would we know the difference? Without suffering, how would we know joy? Without pain, how would we know pleasure? So it's they're so, so united. Next time you're over, you have to help me. Maybe I think I'm going to need three more people to help me hold me in a dancer pose. Uh, Right. But uh, but I started, you know, friends, I started I have a I every day in my own way, try and practice yoga 30 minutes a day. It's uh, something new that I've started over the last two weeks. Love that. So maybe one of these days, you know, Alicia (laughs) has her, I think every Wednesday, Alicia, you do a live stream, right, with your yoga practice, maybe in three or four months, I do a live stream. For all those who feel I don't look perfect, you'll have somebody else to follow who is uh, in his own imperfect way trying to do the yoga poses.
0: Please, we need more of that energy. (laughs) My second
2: question is, what's your most challenging yoga pose right now? and why?
0: Well, any type of arm balance inversion is challenging for me. I love being upside down, but as soon as I am losing, you know, a limb or two, the one that's been most challenging for me for most of my practice is forearm stand. And it's such a beautiful posture, the symbol of immortality and love. It's peacock pose. It's interesting how I can nail it. And then the ego gets in the way and then I fall to pieces and... (laughs) But it is one that I teach often because I keep telling my students if I just keep showing up and teaching this to you one day I will learn how to do this pose too so show up and face your fears so that's you know some people can bust a move and really get on their head and on their hands and that's lovely but that's only just you know a small part of yoga it's it's a journey in each pose truly beautiful
2: <laughs> what's your favorite book or show that you're watching or reading right now?
0: <laughs> well I mean I obviously <laughs> love. Hardwired for happiness. (laughs) Um, I'm actually also rereading for the third time uh, BKS Iyengar's Light on Yoga. It's interesting because that's sort of it's more like a guidebook for yoga students and yoga teachers. But every time I pick it up, I always find something new that has always been there, but like it's brand new information. So I'm peeling back the layers on that one right now. And then we've been, my partner and I have been um, watching Indian uh, Matchmaking on Netflix.
2: (laughs) Something,
1: huh?
0: It's so cute. It's so lovely. Just the the idea of how people meet and fall in love or the struggles of people finding a partner in in life. And I think it's like a warm, fuzzy, lovely show.
2: (laughs) Beautiful. I love that book, Light on Yoga. I have it. I've read it. I think I should read it again because you're right. There, you know, that is one of those books. Every time you read it, there is something new. Something new that you need, you notice. And that's that's really, you know, I think it's magical like that. Now, last question. What's your favorite song that turns your frown upside down?
0: <laughs> I love, love, love this song called Float. Um, it's by Hip Abduction. And it's kind of got like a um, surfy vibe. I was listening to a lot of stick figure and hip abduction and um, Bob Marley when I was living on Maui, very island feel. But I literally, it was one, it was on my top list for Spotify for last year, but I I don't think a day goes by that I don't listen to it intentionally. It just, yeah, I just feel like I'm floating. I'm happy. The sun, sunrise, the sunset.
2: (laughs) Well, we're going to add it to our happy playlist. Alicia, Yay! thank you. <laughs> this was such a joy to chat with you. I'm oh, yes. so grateful in 2024 to be partnering with you and to really, you know, bring healing, healing and joy and love to this world, this crazy times that we're living in. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. It's an honor.
2: Take care, guys. And really looking forward. Please let us know how you like our format and the questions you want us to cover more and more of as we go forward
1: on this. Um, I'll see you next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode on the Happiness Squad Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on your chosen platform that you listen to us on. If you enjoyed the tips discussed, looking to combat stress, burnout, or seeking deeper fulfillment or navigating life transitions, then our Rewire program is designed for you. Rewire is your key to unlock your full potential to experience more success, resilience, satisfaction, and creativity. Make happiness your competitive edge. Check out the show notes and learn more about how you can benefit by rewiring away from fear. In between episodes, follow along on Instagram at myhappinesssquad for tons of tips, insights, and short videos designed just for you. Until next time.